When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to AVFC Extra, a no-nonsense look at the club we all love. Brought to you by the Claret and Blue podcast. Hello and welcome to a live episode of uh, AVFC Extra. I think it's the first one we've done. As you can judge by my excitement, I'm uh, joined once again by Josh Williams, uh, Reach's scouting guru. So it means we've got something big to talk about, Josh. It's right on your uh, in, in your wheelhouse as well, isn't it? It is. I mean, this is the second second or third episode in a row, I think, that I've come on. And my Liverpool background has helped uh, because obviously Steven Gerrard has taken charge of Villa. And now a certain Phil Cusino has turned up at Villa Park. It's a loan deal to the end of the season. There's various speculation about what wages Villa are playing, are paying, uh, the percentage, of course, from Barcelona. But the biggest thing, Josh, I think the first question, should Villa fans be excited for Coutinho to join the club? Oh, yeah, without doubt. I think, uh, especially from a fan perspective, he, th- th- there's a way that was associated with him at Liverpool and it, it was magic. And there's a reason for that. He was he was called a magician at Liverpool and... He, he is that type of player. He will get you on the edge of your seat. He does things that uh, you you can't explain. Um, I think since I've been following Liverpool, I'd say the only player that I've watched who has made me more confused than Coutinho in terms of how he's done certain things is Luis Suarez, I think. Other than that, I can't think of anybody who's just been pure. Uh, he's typically Brazilian, really. He, he's yeah. very, very skillful. Um you know, very emotional in the way he plays his football, samba football and all that stuff. And it's, it's technically flawless. Um, he's got a futsal background, I think. So his, his technique and his first touch, close control, dribbling abilities, as good as I've seen. Um, and as I said, from a fan perspective, in terms of excitement and what football's about, really, you know, entertainment and stuff, you're not getting much better than, than Coutinho when it comes to that sort of value. Yeah, people are buzzing in the private chat. Um, it's uh, it's happened. We're excited. He's a magician. Uh, he'll show Buendia who the real magician is, which I think probably slightly unfair, but like there's levels, isn't there? With when continues involved, how many shirts really sell? Um, it, it's it's a massive down. I think that it isn't kind of what happens next. That's almost as important as this. It just feels like one of those groundbreaking moves. Like this is the third. This is a player who went. He's the third most expensive transfer of all time. He's turned up at Villa, and he's not like thirty-eight. He's should be at his peak. Um, we'll get onto kind of his trajectory and where that might have kind of different enough. But what do you think the best case scenario here is, Josh? And I know I can't stop grinning. And he hasn't played a <laughs> lick of football for Villa, but and and yourself as well, but. You know, there's got to be a lot to like here. Yeah, there is. I think uh, I think the best case scenario is probably him just having the impact that Gerard seems to expect he'll have. Obviously, it's a six-month loan. It's a very short-term deal. So I think the hope would be, the best case scenario would be that in the short term, he can make an impact, basically. He can win games on his own. He can make a difference. He certainly did that at Liverpool. He uh, did that at moments uh, by Munich as well. Um and I suppose an even better scenario potentially would be by the end of the season, he's had an impact potentially comparable to 
maybe Jesse Lingard last season at West Ham to the extent that obviously West Ham nearly signed Lingard but opted for a younger model eventually by going and getting uh, Nikola Vlasic. But if Coutinho does really, really well, maybe it can get to a point where Villa potentially consider signing him. Obviously, the price would, would determine whether, that's, whether that makes sense or not. And Coutinho with form between now and the end of the season would, would also determine that. But, yeah, I do think it's one of them that Villa's, Villa fans can just kind of enjoy uh, for the for between now and the end of the season because he is that type of player and obviously it's a marquee sign. One of the ways we see Villa operate as well is kind of almost like the Ross Barkley thing. It's, um, I think what the head of recruitment, Rob McKenzie, did at Leicester is buy or bring in, you know, you can be asked so that player for a short period of time and define what you need for a longer-term replacement. Maybe Ross Barkley came out in Morgan Sansom in some way. There's an option to buy in the deal. So if this goes right, Villa have that trigger to uh, to move ahead. Felipe Coutinho heading into his 30s. Um, one of the better players in the, in the recent Premier League history until the uh, the big money move to Barcelona. A decorated footballer, Josh. There's, there's loads and loads to speak about. But the most key thing for me is where does he fit immediately for Villa in your eyes? Well, looking at the system, Gerard seems to favour at Villa, which is obviously a, a bit of a 4-3-3, but with the, the two wide players, if you like, tucking inside and almost playing as kind of like wide number 10s, if you like. that I think that suits him very, very well, actually. Um, he He's a player who's always favoured the left side of the pitch. So you have to play him there, in my opinion. You, you can't start playing Coutinho on the right and expect him to, to be to be doing what Coutinho does. Um, so in terms of where he'd where he thrive and, and things like that, I think on the left as that number 10, if you like. But the only issue with that is when everybody's fit, you have some good players on the bench there because I know when everyone's been fit lately, you have, you've had Danny Ings up front and you've had Ollie Watkins in the, in the role that I'm talking about. So, Coutinho's going to occupy that, in my opinion. Uh, I wouldn't really have him in... I mean, he has played in central midfield, to be fair to him. He's played in, as a, a left-sided number eight for Liverpool, when Liverpool have been heavy favourites. And for and for, um, where am I, where am I for Brazil in the the World Cup, I think it was, under Cheech. Uh, and he played, he played fairly well, but the only issue with playing Coutinho there is he's not the most defensively active. He hasn't got the, the biggest engine in terms of covering ground and running up and down the pitch relentlessly. So I think you're going to get the best out of him if you play him as the left side of number 10 in, in Gerard's current system. And if he's there more often than not and he gets regular game time and things like that, um, I think he'll do quite well. If he does half as well as he did at any, you know, at a uh, Liverpool, it'd be very, a very, very good season. For Aston Villa, it seems like since Stephen Gerrard came in, it's almost like the the tides have changed, bar a few performances here or there. But we're not we're not here to speak about anything that will bring the uh, bring the, the atmosphere down, Josh. Just wanted to know what stands out about Coutinho. You know what? What I mean, we see that left sided thing, and there's a comparison we can bring in later. The obvious one. What stands out about him? As I said, he's extremely technical. He'll be the most technical player in Villa squad comfortably. Um, first touch is flawless. Ability to dribble, close control is brilliant. His vision, his execution of passes, his long distance shooting is very, very good. We obviously know all about that. I've actually just tweeted some of the numbers behind that. Um, so, since 2014... Uh, Cousinho has averaged a goal from outside the box roughly every 15.8 attempts uh, in league competitions. For a bit of perspective on that, 
Um, Ruben Neves, every 40.4 attempts. Cristiano Ronaldo, every 28.6. De Bruyne, every 14.5. Harry Kane, every 16.1. Messi, every 11. Obviously, Messi's a bit of an alien. Um, but Coutinho has, you know, an, a, a, an expansive skill set. He's good at doing a, lo- a lot of things. And despite the fact that he plays high up the pitch as well, he's inclined to get on the ball quite a lot, gets a lot of touches, makes a lot of passes, shoots a lot. So one of the issues with Coutinho is having him in your team, he has to run your attack, in my opinion. He has to be allowed to just do his thing. And that will involve him having a big slice of the attack and pie. He'll have a lot of touches. He'll have a lot of shots. Shock, he didn't work particularly well with Messi at Barcelona. And Messi's the same player. In my opinion, Messi needs a lot of shots. Messi needs a lot of freedom. Messi needs a lot of passes, a lot of touches. And if you play two of them, it doesn't work. Um, so I think it was it was bound for failure, that one, I think. But if Coutinho can come to Villa and take on that responsibility, I think, I think he's good enough to take on that responsibility. I think he, I think he could thrive, but I will throw in there just as a little caveat. I don't know what the twenty-nine-year-old version Coutinho looks like. You know, he he hasn't really played much in the past couple of years, from what I've seen, in terms of me watching him. But when he was at Liverpool, this is very much the player that he was. What do you think Villa fans were seeing his playing style, Josh? Um, because of course we have the loan move to Bayern, where he scores against Barcelona. That's, as you said, there's extremely little sample size, especially for you know a UK-based fan. He probably doesn't have access to every league, every Bundesliga game. So what will I mean? The caveat that was there with the 29-year-old Coutinho, we're assuming that he's still very much the same person. Just you know, judging by the hype. So what do you think the playing style looks like here? What player do you, what what will Villa fancy at Villa Park when he trots out onto the pitch? Well, it's difficult in terms of how he will actually impact Villa because he he's, he's capable of executing a variety of playing styles, really. He's, he, if Villa want to move towards a, a possession-based style of play, which Gerard has, has highlighted at times, I think, he, he can certainly do that. You know, he's, he's a player who's, who's used to getting on the ball and very comfortable on the ball. Makes good decisions usually. Um, although you can throw in the odd shot from distances, maybe a bad decision, but considering how good he is, is that it? You can't really play him, really. Exactly, yeah. But then if Villa want to play on a break, he's extremely capable when it comes to feeding players ahead of him. And if he's got runners ahead of him, which he will have, particularly when it comes to Leon Bailey, I think he will benefit from. Because in my opinion, Coutinho's best period at Liverpool was his last six months. Yeah. Um, and in that last six months, Liverpool benefited from a front four of Coutinho, Salah, Mane and Firmino. Particularly Salah and Mane really opened up the pitch. And Coutinho's just got the red arrows running around him. And he's just able to find them. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how he impacts Villa. And, you know, who can get the best out of him. I think he'll do well with Watkins. I think he'll do well with Bailey. Um, he, he knows Danny Ings. He's played with Danny Ings before at Liverpool and things. Um, and Emi Buendia remains to be seen. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of, uh, of won't dare compare players, you know, Aston Villa to people like Mo Salah, in my opinion, probably the best player in the world right now, you know, right at the top of his game. But that excites me to see that there's players at Villa who are really good, who are brought in to replace Jack Grealish, haven't really hit the ground running. There's been injuries, there's been disruption, there's been a slow start. Coutinho probably helps unlock those. So there's many aspects about the deal to consider the player himself 
for what he does for other players. And also one of the things I was thinking of is a player like Coutinho joins a club. Maybe that unlocks more in the transfer market for Aston Villa. I don't know how much impact that ha- that has, but if if players and young players say, "Hang on, Phil Coutinho has joined Aston Villa," is that an option for me? In in your experience, is that something that appeals? Yeah, well, I think if you'd have said to me a few weeks ago, Coutinho will come to to England in January, who will he sign for? I would have said Newcastle United, and the reason I'd have said Newcastle United is because he Coutinho very much ticks the box of you know statement signing. Um, Statements of intent, all that sort of stuff. Whether the statements of intent matters in the football world, I don't even know. Really, it's just a, it's just something that the media tend to like. Really, um, but I do think certain coaches like like Gerard and have experienced at Liverpool with Jurgen Klopp. I think City have experienced it with Pep Guardiola. Certain coaches do just have an attraction, and they're able to sign. I think Carlo Ancelotti had that at Everton as well. Uh, certain coaches are just able to sign um, players that look a level above the club, in a way. Um, but they're willing to play specifically because of the coach. So whether it's a six-month loan or or longer or whatever, I do think Villa can benefit from this under Gerard being able to get a player of Coutinho's status into the club. Even if Coutinho doesn't stay, you know, the whole of Europe now will be aware that Coutinho is the Aston Villa because of how big of a player Coutinho is. So... Just signed Leon Bailey as well. He was, a, he was a fairly big player in Europe. So, if moving forward Villa don't keep Coutinho or whatever, if the Italians make some statements in the future, um, getting some players who again are potentially at a level above the club, maybe the, maybe those players will just will, will not think that it's too much of a of a big deal at Villa. And maybe they'll just view it as another another top club coming in for them, and they'll consider the move. But it's going to be interesting to see how, how things develop under Gerard, but I think this is a very early statement. Lovely to hear again, another lovely thing to hear. I mean, it's hard to, as you said, I think on a few podcasts, even the Morgan Sanson one, the Leon Bailey one, it's really hard to predict almost the negative side of a deal. So the reason we're not focusing on stuff like that could be perceived as negative is because it is genuinely hard to predict. You know, you don't know if a player will come in and get injured, but, you know, touch wood, that doesn't happen here. Uh, I just wanted to know more about the, the recent Coutinho. Um, does anything stand out in the numbers? Uh, more than I've gone his time at Bayern, the, the end days at Barcelona. Does anything kind of jump out and set him apart from others? It's difficult when it comes to Coutinho because his last, his last year, his last 365 days, he hasn't played that much. He's played about 600 and odd league, league minutes. Um, but he will always, because of the teams he's playing for, in a way, because he, he's going to get on the ball a, a lot at the likes of Barcelona and Bayern Munich and things. But Coutinho will always show up in the numbers as, you know, a, a player who's particularly inclined to shoot an awful lot. You know, over the past 12 months, I've just said he hasn't played too much, but he's averaging about four shots a game, four shots per 90. Um, I'm pretty sure that four shots per 90 at the minute would place him top of the Premier League. Um, as an average, last season I think it certainly would. I think last season Kane had the highest average, something like three point six. Sally usually pokes to about three point five or something like that. So Coutinho averages about four. So he shoots he shoots a lot, as I said. Um, very very creative, very good at putting players in good positions. But his creative numbers in terms of creating shots for others don't look that great over the, in recent history. But I think that stems from just how his career's kind of gone, really. I don't think it's a, it's a case of his ability or, or anything like that. Um, but in terms of his, his progressive numbers, moving the ball into valuable areas, carrying the ball like Grealish used to, uh, dribbling, 
receiving progressive passes in in tight spaces. The numbers love him basically when it comes to all of those departments. So um, yeah, top player, and it's it, you don't need the numbers to see when it comes to Coutinho. Seems like a really good kind of impact then for Aston Villa to have this kind of player who replaces. I think the biggest thing with the ball carrying, as Perslo said, well, Villa CEO Perslo said that you replace a departing player by bringing in three injections across the pitch, you bring in a different asset of the player. But I think Coutinho's ball carrying is probably what we need specifically um, to you know, quite an acute focus. So really good to hear actually about those numbers. Um, a bit of the Liverpool focus here. because I do want your expertise and, and your fandom to come into play. Steven Gerrard, of course, Villa manager, Liverpool legend, uh, described him as an icon and one of his personal football heroes. You know, as a Reds fan, what do you make of that? Like, that, you know, you've got this legend saying that this guy is like my hero. <laughs> and he's younger than him. <laughs> No, I agree. I, I am I am a huge fan of Coutinho. He, he he generally splits the Liverpool fan base today, purely because when it comes to leaving Liverpool, he didn't really leave amicably. It was kind of a uh, you know he missed matches through backache supposedly, um, and it kind of left a bit of a smell when he left. You know, it wasn't it wasn't the nicest thing. But I, I'm well aware, especially when it comes to South American players. Barcelona and Real Madrid are the top two, you know, places to be basically. And when Barcelona come in for him, Liverpool were in a really good way. Um, he could have stayed, and I think Klopp actually said to him, "Stay at Liverpool, and we will build a statue in your name. Go to Barcelona, and you will be just another player." And Jurgen Klopp was proven to be right. But in terms of what Coutinho is to me, I, I have always loved him. I, I love watching him. Brilliant player, magic, and. Um, yeah, he's just, he is honestly one of my favourite players since I've been watching football. He's just a, an absolute joy to watch, I think. He's, the way he plays the game, um, so entertaining and really technical. And, you know, picture a classic ma- um, maverick type of footballer. And that's what that's what Coutinho is. And for years for Liverpool, he was Liverpool's best player, really. Carried Liverpool when Liverpool were really down. And when Klopp came in, he was Liverpool's best player. Klopp turned him into a bit of a monster, I thought. And I would have loved to have seen him stay. But then at the same time, the money that Liverpool got from him, they went and invested in Alisson and Van Dijk. So no complaints there. But in terms of what Coutinho is as a player, and Coutinho for me as a Liverpool fan, I I, I will always have fond memories of him. I, I think he's great. I really, I think that... that... Klopp quote you brought up was quite touching because of obviously Villa's recent experiences with sales in the transfer market. Of course, you go to this club, you become another player, you stay here, you become, you know, the legend. Um, did that move to Barcelona really hurt then? Not so much. I think it would have if it, if it came earlier, but Liverpool did it really, really well. We invest in the same window we got Van Dijk in, so the, the money was immediately reinvested. I think. A few months later, I think it was, might have been earlier, but I think it was later, we got Alisson in, obviously. Um, and while Coutinho was there, which is the crucial thing, Klopp built his next attack with Coutinho there. You know, we got Mane and got Salah and Firmino was already there. So Liverpool were in a position to lose Coutinho and not really bat an eyelid. But if Coutinho had left 12 months earlier or 12 months before that, he would have left Liverpool in a bad way. Uh, and there's been plenty of players over the years who've left Liverpool in in a bad way. Sterling, Torres, 
Mascherano, loads of loads of top players have left Liverpool in Suarez in a way as well. Um, loads of top players have left Liverpool in the way where we were reliant on that one player who left and we suffered since. But Cousinho wasn't nice as, as I said, but Liverpool could cope. Liverpool were fine without him, so not too much of a big deal for me. You know, the more you say about it, it just feel it, it feels like an absolute bizarre thing because I, I wanted to speak more about the kind of comparison between Coutinho in the Premier League and of course Jack Grealish in the Premier League. But the the big thing that was made of this whole Grealish thing was he moves away, he will always come back, he will always come back at like 29, 30 and play for Villa again. With Coutinho's age, it seems like his return it, it would mirror it's like you're you're getting that player. You're 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 not missing out. You're getting kind of that twenty year old world class playmaker probably a bad few years and he's come back to the Premier League to with a, with a point to prove, you know, the 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 local connection of course isn't apps isn't there at all, but there seems to be some really weird and almost creepy similarities kind of kind of jumping out with this whole the whole narrative arc of this thing, Josh. So I wanted to kind of skip ahead. Uh, do you think there's any similarities between Coutinho's rise um up to being one of the best players in the Premier League and, and that of Jack Grealish and and how he left Liverpool, how Grealish left Villa We've jumped ahead in a time machine here um, because Coutinho has obviously <laughs> returned and Jack Grealish is probably about 10 years away from doing that. So just wanted your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think potentially when, when Liverpool picked up Coutinho, he, he he was kind of without a home in a way. Um, he was at Inter Milan, but I think they needed to raise funds. They kind of forced him out the door, even though he was one of their you know, players with bags of potential, basically. Um and I think he found a home at Liverpool. I do think he really loved Liverpool. I don't think he would have left Liverpool for any other club except for Barcelona or potentially Real Madrid. Um, but I don't think Coutinho was ever in a position to come back. I don't. I don't think that was ever really going to happen. Um, but what he what he's thought of Liverpool since, whether he's regretted his move, you know, I think the shortly after he left Liverpool in the Champions League. So I know he eventually won it on loan at Bayern Munich, but I'm not sure how how much of an effect that will have had on him and how much he will have missed Liverpool in a way. Grealish is obviously more of a local lad, uh, an academy pro- pro- yeah, graduate. Um, and, you know, he, he did develop a villa kind of out of nowhere, I thought, a real step up out of nowhere, I thought. And Coutinho kind of had that overnight development where he just suddenly became a, a real... Yeah, especially when it comes to shooting from outside the box, that just came, that just seemed to come out of nowhere. That he just he never really had that before, and then out of nowhere he was scoring them every week. Um, so I do think there's some similarities there. Um, I think when Coutinho left Liverpool, were in a really healthy way, and I think Grealish, he was never really going to be in a position to do that where he could leave Villa in a way where he wouldn't miss him. Uh, I think it's a little bit different, but I do think he remained a Villa for kind of as long as he could before then going to experience what it's like to win league titles and compete for the Champions League and stuff like that. So I do think there's some similarities there, yeah. I'll go back to this point of what Perzolo said over the uh, summer and replacing, you know, the, the star man with three angles. But I feel like this, this is not necessarily straight like for like, but it's almost the best way to kind of plaster that wound because... Um, we can't obviously Villa fans can't stop jumping on this Grealish thing. We can't stop jumping on this Grealish. It's always going to be Villa and Jack Grealish when he returns. What have they missed? Can they get on without him? Now it seems like that's a chapter closed. Like 
move on. We've we've got Philip Coutinho. We've got the world's third most expensive player playing for Villa Park again. I can't keep saying enough people in what should be his peak years, which is to me an absolutely mind blowing thing. It hasn't always been straight sailing, though, Josh. Um, what do you think was the biggest impact on that trajectory? Leave Liverpool. Liverpool go on to win a title. You go to Barcelona. You win loads of stuff, but you don't remain that world that world's most expensive player. You you are overtaken in the the narrative by so many names. There are there are almost dozens of names now that overtake Coutinho as as that premier premier footballer. You know Barcelona couldn't get a look in. Bayern Munich had to go on loan. Nothing emerged after that move. There's a there's a big dampener on kind of his meteoric rise. I think his, his biggest issue was was moving to Barcelona. And that's not because Barcelona are bad. It's because of the, that. This was in the midst of Barcelona, the mess. You know, the, the, this was in the midst of as Barca started to fall. Basically, you know, they just signed. They just lost Neymar. Um, they just invested 150 million. I think in Usman Dembele, and Griezmann arrived shortly after for about 90 million or something like that. Messi leave for a free eventually. Um, Half the squad has to get sold and all this. So, the, the, Coutinho arrived when all this was happening and when Barca were this mismanaged, basically. Um, so, I think that's the reason for his downfall. I don't think there was a plan for Coutinho. I think he was looked at as a Barca-type player and looked as a, looked at as a player, rightly, who is good enough for Barca. But there was just no plan for how to use him. And when he got there, uh, Ernesto Valverde was in charge. And he just used Coutinho like he was any other player. He just, he just, because he's quite functional as a coach, Valverde. So he, I think he was using like four, four, two, four, three, three. And Coutinho was just kind of playing a very functional wide role where he was just another player, like Klopp said. And Messi was the one who was, who had the power of the system in a way. So Coutinho just weren't really presented with much of a platform to drive. I said earlier that you have to let Coutinho run your attack and he will do it to a very very high level um if you let him do it and i don't think barca did i must say that at his best at liverpool he was ridiculous honestly at his best he was incredible there was a period that period that six months period before he left he was incredible honestly um if you can get anywhere near that because he, he he was best player in the country for me at that point um but obviously he's left and think things have spiraled. And I, I do think it got to a point people forgot what he was. People forgot how good he was. But I do think his, his, his individual ability was, was really, really high level. It's good. Yeah. I, I mean, we, we always get into the position <laughs> where we work ourselves up into a frenzy. But it's it's almost like that's, that's apt and extremely right for a player like uh, Coutinho. I think there's another big similarity. And I don't want to make too much of it. But when Everton signed James Rodriguez... That that was a big thing as well, and there was a really good honeymoon period, and it just dissolved. Do you think there's much to take from that at all for Coutinho and Villa? I think there's some similarities in terms of Hammers came purely because of the coach, and I think in terms of Coutinho, sadly, I do think Coutinho came purely because of the coach, if I'm honest. Um, but having said that, I don't think. I think Hamas was a bit of a weird character and he was injured a lot and really, really dedicated to international football, more so than his club football, I thought. Um, 
So I think he was basically keeping himself fit for Colombia as opposed to uh, to Everton. But I think Coutinho, I don't think they'll, they'll have any major issues regarding that. It's similar in terms of a short-term deal where you get a player of ridiculous quality to help your results. But in terms of how it can go wrong, I think it's a bit different. Everton agreed to a two-year deal with James and actually signed them permanently and things like that. So, yeah, I don't I, I don't think it'll be anywhere near as, as much of a car crash as that one. No worries. I'm really, I'm really glad you said that. Um, so no worries at all because I think one of the things uh, immediately was pointed out is this is just a almost a, a black mirror of the uh, James Rodriguez thing where a player just comes here to resurrect their career, uses the club as a vehicle. Um, but it seems like with the Gerrard connection, there's also almost that little bit of personal affection moving in. Um, you know, all credit to Dean Smith. The conversation is, would he have attracted Coutinho? And probably not. Would it would even have a, a really high-caliber manager attracted Coutinho? Probably not. But Steven Gerrard's the, the perfect man for the uh, situation. Played with him, seems to be friends. And it's uh, Gerrard's little footballing hero as well. So uh, a nice little connection there. But um, really hard to predict the future, as we said before, Josh. But what, on the final note, what are your expectations of him going forward? Will he, he work really well with Emi Buendia? Will he become this really good player? Will he become, well, if we know he's a really good player, will he excel at Aston Villa? And, and he might be a really, really tough kind of opening stage to his uh, Villa career. He's only got six, a really short time to prove that he's worth it. What could happen? Yeah, well, this one's, this one's kind of impossible to predict, really, because as I said, I don't know what the 29-year-old version of Coutinho is like. I don't know how injuries have affected them. I don't know if he can play every single week. All of that stuff, you know, it's it's totally unanswered at the minute. There's no real answer to, to what he's like at the minute. So it's difficult to predict. It really is. If he's anything like the player I remember, if he's anything like the player that was at Bayern, which was about, I think, two years ago, maybe, he will be a really dominant player for Aston Villa. And if he's playing every week, he will make the difference. He will win games on his own. He will be a thrill to watch. Um, and I think he'll be really, really good in that left-sided number 10 role if Gerard plays him there. And I think in certain games, maybe if Villa are chasing the lead, uh, yeah, chasing the lead, yeah, and they'll go down. Or if they're up against a team that are just defending deep and not giving anything away, Potentially, you might see Cusino form part of a midfield three. Um, but I hope it goes well, because if it does go well, it'll involve me seeing Coutinho back at his best again. And, um, and it'll involve Gerard doing well, because Coutinho makes a difference when he when he does well. He, a few years back, he was known as a... Um, people called him a moments player. Um, now, what that means, I'm not really sure, but I think it's kind of one of those players who won't necessarily run a game but whenever he turns up, he will just win game, win a game with moments. And I think when you're playing for a club like Aston Villa, who aren't maybe as dominant as a Manchester City or a Liverpool or a Chelsea, you kind of all you get is moments sometimes. So to have a player as good as Coutinho, taking, making use of those moments, hopefully he does well. Oh, no better note than to end on that. that those little little moments that make a football football match. What can uh, Coutinho unlock for Aston Villa? Remains to be seen, Josh, but where can people find you if they want to bug you about all things Philip Coutinho? So I'm on Twitter, at Distance Covered. Uh, so yeah, do give me a follow. Tweet about Aston Villa fairly often. So Yeah, lots of like there. Thank you guys for uh, watching. Up the Villa and uh, we'll hope, hope to see a lot more from uh, Philip Coutinho when he's uh, in an Aston Villa shirt. 
Thank you for listening to AVFC Extra, an additional dose of Aston Villa content for you, brought to you by the Claret and Blue podcast team. If you enjoyed the episode, please do get in touch with us, get involved in the comment sections, tweet us at Claret Blue Pod, or leave us a review on iTunes. We really do appreciate it. We'll catch you again very soon with some more content. Until then, up the villa. Yeah.